Welcome to Revealed in Ephesians, the mystery of who I am in Christ. My name is Brianna. Welcome to my podcast. We're in the studio today. I'm teaching out of Ephesians chapter 5. If you are following along in the daily study, we are a little off of the daily study, and I'm doing this thematically this week, and we are focused on sexual immorality and living a life that glorifies Christ from the inside out, getting rid of all of the things in our life that may not be the pleasing aroma that we are to be for the Lord, as it says in Ephesians 5.1. And if you are new to the podcast, you're jumping on this for the first time, you can check out my website at briannanye.com and see all the podcasts. You can check me out on Podbean, on YouTube under Revealed Ministries, Brianna and I. And I'm also on Twitter um, as Brianna and I. Um, you can see me there, although I'm not on there very much. But I'm on Facebook. I'm very, very active. You can see our ministry, Revealed Ministries, Brian and I, on Facebook. And the word revealed is all through the Scripture. The word revealed is all through the Scripture. God has revealed Himself to us through His Word, and He reveals Himself to us through His Spirit. And the one-two punch is when He does both at the same time, when we're in His Word and we're asking His Spirit to open our hearts and our minds to His will to be filled with understanding and revelation and to be led by God, um, powerful, powerful things happen when our spirits are communing with the Holy Spirit and He is speaking to us and He will never contradict Himself. The Holy Spirit will not contradict Himself. So the Holy Spirit will never tell you something that contradicts His Word. So I'm going to start out with that today. That is going to be our thought um, for the day. The Holy Spirit will not contradict Himself. He will not contradict. So let's open with prayer, and we're going to dig right into day four. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I thank you that there is no mountain too high, no valley too deep that you would not um, climb or go into to rescue someone, Lord God, who was stuck, who was um, feeling like they were in a terrible place, oh God, or anyone that was away from you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name that you will rescue people today, even through this podcast, that their hearts and minds, Lord, would be captivated for Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God, that you will open hearts and minds, that you will speak to hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, and give us the wisdom we need to know you better in a deep and powerful and life-transforming way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to read Ephesians 5, 1 through 16 out of the NIV UK today. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words because of such things. God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. 
Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Amen? The days are evil. Yes. All right. So what I said at the beginning of the podcast is the Holy Spirit will not contradict himself. So if you um, believe or feel that the Holy Spirit or God has told you that it is his will or it's okay for you to do certain things that contradicts the word of God, that, my friend, is not the Holy Spirit. That could be another spirit, a spirit of prostitution, it says in Hosea 4, that leads God's people into idolatry and leads them away from the living God. It's actually named as a spirit, not just an attitude. It's a deception that pulls people away and it tells them this is okay. Do you think, how many people do you think in history um, made decisions that they thought were bad for them on purpose? I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that do things because it feels right in the moment, but how many people do you think actually just go like, well, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I don't really care. I mean, I do think there are people like that, but I think the main group, the main, the majority of people are deceived into (laughs) doing something that they think is the best. This is good for me. Like, I, I think it's good. I think this is the right choice for me because it feels good. Our feelings, um, God gave us our feelings, ladies. Um, He created us with feelings as receptors, but our feelings can also deceive us. There may be times where you feel like screaming at a child because you're so irritated, or you may feel like eating everything in the refrigerator because you're depressed, and you may do that, but Does that mean it's good for you? No, what we feel like doing is not always right. And there is a big, big talk right now um, about the light in the new age. Um, in In our world, there's a lot of talk of light and being light workers and this sort of thing. And a lot of pull um, to follow things that are called the light or are called love, but they're not actually the true light. And here we see it delineated in Ephesians when he says, um, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So if you are following something that seems good, seems to you like this is, I feel good about this. I feel good. You need to say, whoa, horsey, Is this lifestyle, is this choice going to produce good fruit for Christ in my life? Is um, this looking at pornography a good 
fruitful? (laughs) Is that going to produce the life of Christ in me? Even if you feel like looking at it, it doesn't mean that it is going to produce the life of Christ in you. Um, It says here that we are to find out what pleases the Lord. And what's given there is that believers don't necessarily know what pleases the Lord. So we should make it our goal to find out what does please him. Now, so an example of being deceived on these areas of sexual immorality. Um, I have heard one of the arguments out there when we have these um, this list where it says, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God, when that's listed in the scripture, I've heard people who say like, well, it also says greedy person. So if it says sexually immoral, then um, as soon as you stop being greedy, then I'll stop being sexually immoral. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure you've all heard these comments um, that God despises that also the greed but let's just think about this i know somebody very close to me who was delivered from an addiction to pornography and once this person was set free from it um what they said was it's not it was really a greed it was really a um a gluttony because being married i had everything i needed and, you know, a beautiful wife, a beautiful family, but it wasn't that my wife wasn't enough. It was that I was greedy for something that didn't belong to me. And I was gluttonous for more than was mine. So when you have, it's, it's really easy to look at greedy and just say, well, that's just all the rich people, the people that are greedy. You know, First of all, you can be poor and be greedy too. I mean, I can be greedy for more of anything, not just money. I can be greedy for more chocolate than is good for me. But just living in habitual greed is something that is dangerous. So it's kind of um it's it's kind of illogical to say, well, God said sexual immorality, like if you're sexually immoral, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. But it also says if you're greedy, you won't inherit the kingdom of God. So I'm not going to listen to what you have to say about sexual immorality until you get rid of your greed. That's It's not about what you say versus what I say. It's about going to the Lord and saying, God, is there something in my life that doesn't please you? Because I should be concerned if the end game is, I will not inherit the kingdom of God because I never repented and gave these areas of my life to you. I just went to church and, um, you know, did this in a religious way. And yes, I said the sinner's prayer and yes, I got baptized, but I never lived a life of actual repentance before the Lord. Um, We need to care more about who we are and who we are before God than we do about what other people say about us. And what other people say in their opinions. So I wanted to know more about this, that what this means here, because I think impurity, what does that mean? Like when you read that, do you wonder what does impurity mean? Because if it says, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, 
Mm, I think I need to know what the word impurity means. Anybody? So guess what we're going to do? We're going to go to our handy dandy Bible Hub app. And we're going to look up in the search bar. We're going to look up Ephesians 5 verse 3. And then, of course, once that comes up, we are going to click on the GRK in the top for Greek. Well, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find, let's start with the word sexually sexual immorality in the Greek. The transliteration is pornea. Um, definition is fornication, whoredom, or idolatry. Now, um, fornication does not mean adultery. Adultery is listed in scripture, and that is if you are married and you go cheat on your spouse. That's adultery. Actually, Jesus also said, also said it was adultery to lust after a woman or a man who is not your spouse. So that's considered adultery. Fornication is sexual immorality outside of marriage. So it doesn't mean, you know, the story in the book is, you know, there's a birthday party and there's a Christian girl there and there's a bunch, I mean, there's a bunch of girls and they're all talking about like, oh, how old is, how old is it that you should be before you have sex? And, you know, the Christian girl says, you're not supposed to have sex until you get married. That's what it says in the Bible. And the other girls go, what? No, the Bible talks about adultery. And that means cheating on your spouse. It doesn't say it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage because it talks about adultery. The girls are, this is a true story. The girls are actually concerned because they don't want to violate what God's law says, but they are misinformed. Remember from the other day when we talked about Hosea 4, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So this is, um, <laughs> so fornication is listed in scripture. Um, so also we're going to look at, um, when it says pornea, of course, that's where we get the word pornography from. And, um, it says, I mean, I looked up an article in the American college of pediatrics to find out about the impacts of pornography on children. And with our, with our culture, with technology, there are many, many people that have given their children smartphones, given their children's technology their kids have access to the internet very freely and openly, and they don't monitor it because they're overwhelmed. As adults, if you're like me, you may be like, I don't, like, oh, this technology thing just overwhelms me. But as long as my kid isn't attacked by a predator online, like that's kind of where we go is we, we are af more afraid that our kids will, you know, get in a chat room with some like greasy 60 year old man, um, you know, in Alaska who's trying to get them to send pictures or something. But we forget, we forget that our children are just human beings. And even if they've never been exposed to anything evil because you've protected them, they have a sinful nature and they've also got this curiosity. They've got this curi curiosity in them and they're going to want to know things. Um, back back in the day, people would ask each other questions at birthday parties. They'd say like, oh, what do you think about this? Or do you know about that? But now they just ask people online or they ask Siri or they go on. And if they have access to the internet that's unlimited, 
Um, they're going to be exposed to pretty much every horrific thing that a child could be exposed to. And if you look in my book on page 184 and 85, it lists um, a, a good portion of this article from the American um, College of Pediatrics and the uh, impact of pornography on children. And it's very, very, very serious. Um, we really, really need to take seriously what happens whenever kids are exposed. Um, and so we're not just talking about like, okay, here, here's um, a sin of choice. Like in a case where a child is exposed to pornography, they are sinned against by, first of all, the people creating it. And also if they're not being protected by their parents um, or, or in other ways, or if they're being sent something by somebody else. Um, so so there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things going on here, but we are absolutely as parents responsible for making sure that our kids are protected, even if they're teenagers. Um, it's a it's a battle you definitely want to take on. Um, the the list is very, very uh disturbing. The following observations were noted regarding uh, young adults who were exposed to pornography. Um, compared to a control group who is not. Um, male subjects demonstrated increased callousness toward women. Uh, subjects considered the crime of rape less serious. They're like, eh, rape, eh, no big deal. Um, subjects were more accepting of non-marital sexual activity and um, and other types of sexual activity that aren't like, yeah, it lists a bunch of things. Um, subjects became more interested in more extreme and deviant forms of pornography. So, you know, it's like it wasn't enough that um, they were led into more dangerous types of thinking um, that are very abnormal. And then they take this into marriage and um, they think they have this abnormal standard that they think they should impose on their spouse. But it's actually a twisted um Somebody, from somebody's twisted mind that they made two people act out while they were on drugs because it was too horrible for them to be able to handle um, they for them to be able to handle doing without being drugged when filming. Um, subjects were more likely to say they were dissatisfied with their partner. Subjects were more accepting of sexual infidelity in a relationship and subjects valued marriage less and were twice as likely to believe that marriage may become obsolete. Um, men experienced a decreased desire for children and women experienced a decreased desire to have a daughter. That really gutted me that women exposed to pornography would have less, like their desire to even have a female would become lessened. And that is how dehumanizing pornography is toward especially women and children, that it really treats them like animals and trash. And like, um, and, and we are a society society that's trying to um, elevate the play of the human, of the woman, sorry, not just the human, the woman, but at the same time, we are allowing this billion dollar industry that runs mostly on human trafficking. And it really does, it really is the victimization and of women. And it even makes women despise women. So this is not from the Bible Ladies and gentlemen, this is from the American College of Pediatrics. Um, and subjects showed a greater acceptance of female promiscuity. This is just part of the article. Um, so 
So what we have to do is we have to just admit to ourselves that there is an issue. And when we're talking about um, pornography and human sexuality, we have to be willing to take great strides to protect our children and ourselves and not to assume because women, there's like 20% of women are addicted to pornography. And I forget the statistic on men, if it's like 50% of men or more are addicted to pornography. And an addiction is different than like a casual use. Um, just like with alcohol, if you think about alcohol or drug use, um, you have somebody that like occasionally takes some alcohol and then somebody that just can't get through the day without it. But that we're talking about addiction. So those are the percentages. And in the church, I don't think there is a difference and there should be a difference. Um, and this should be and can be an area where you can find freedom. I personally am very close to people who have been set free, um, completely set free from pornography addiction. And um, but we have to we have to keep ourselves from um, from just being like, oh yeah, no biggie. It's just it's just in us. It's it's not saying um, it's not saying when you say that pornography or you don't want to be exposed to pornography or you don't want to partake of it or you don't want to watch like semi-pornographic movies or things like that you know there's a lot of movies out there that have nudity and and things it's not saying that you think sex is dirty or that you think that it's not um good in marriage because that's god created it and he created it for marriage and he created it to be beautiful and to be enjoyed and to create intimacy between a husband and wife and also to create life in the next generation but it's really been um it's really become a god in our society where first of all you're not allowed to tell anybody anything about sex because it's about their physical physiology or it's what they want and it's really become this taboo off topic off or off subject you can't you cannot talk to me about it because it's my preference or it's my it's my what i want but scripture is very clear that we all have desires that are not necessarily of god i mean sexual desire is of god um, but then it can be twisted. Anything that is good um, that God gives can be twisted, just like your desire to eat. It's from God. God created food, and it's good. It's good to eat, um, but there can be a way that it can be taken in in a destructive way. Um, people can eat food in a way that, that kills them, because they're eating food that is bad for them all the time and they're not eating a healthy balanced diet um, or they're starving themselves or they're bulimic or they're anorexic and then their physic their body is hurting and over food issues in the same way with with issues with sexuality um, we have before the Lord <laughs> our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we need to say Lord I give you my sexuality I give you I give you my mind. And I want you to teach me because you might just need to say, God, teach me in this area. And we need to not assume, make the assumption that because maybe you homeschooled your child or you sent them to private school or you took them to Sunday school in VBS, that that they're not going to want to do something that's inappropriate. It's kind of funny the way we think like, oh, my sweet little child, I, I've done everything right. So they, they should be perfect and they should just, you know, walk on water. Well, 
That is one of the biggest mistakes parents make. And while children are developing, um, while young men are developing, um, we should not put something into their hands that can affect them for the rest of their lives. While their bodies are developing, they're emotionally developing, they're mentally developing, we should not give them the power and authority over something that can destroy them. I mean, when they're adults, you just have to put them into God's hands and be like, okay, Lord, I did my best. I prayed for them. I gave them boundaries. You protect them while they're in your home. And then they are they are responsible for themselves. But you also need to teach them and instruct them how to make good personal boundaries and decisions. And I'm going to end with this. Um, while I was writing this book, um, in fact, when I was on this, this chapter, the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, and I wrote about this in the book, so if you read it, I'm sorry to say it again here, but um, just to reinforce, in my dream, my children, I had a lion cub, this cute little lion cub that was so cuddly, and it was their pet. And I had allowed them to have it in the house. And as the dream went on, I started to panic because I saw the lion cub was growing. And I knew that one day it wasn't going to just be a cute little cub anymore. It was going to be a full grown lion and it was going to kill my children. But the problem in the dream that I was panicking over was I was having a hard time to saying like, okay, how do I get this cub out of the house now that it's in? And that's the trick. But the Lord showed me in that dream and through that dream, I absolutely had to. I had to put restrictions on my kids' phones. I had to restrict and oversee their social media use. I had to um, prohibit them from having un unsupervised access to the internet. Even my, even my 16-year-old who loves Jesus so much, I had to do that. Um, because I am responsible before the Lord as the parent. You are the gatekeeper of your kids' hearts and lives. And so um, when you do that, when you put those things in place, um, and they weren't in place before, you may have a battle. When we first um, put those in place, one of our children was kind of upset about it, well, really upset, but then later came to us and said, actually, thank you. I'm sorry that I threw that big fit, but thank you. I really needed you to do that. I needed you to, to help me. And so when you are fighting that battle, at first you will feel like you're fighting a lion or a tiger. <laughs> um, and you fight it through, through prayer. You pray, pray, pray. Don't just do this action to create this rule in your house. You have to pray. You have to pray with your kids. You have to pray for them and with them. And you need to do spiritual warfare for your children and create an environment where they can talk to you, where they can be open and tell you. Not something where if they um, are caught in something that, they, that they're ashamed of, that they can't tell you. Because if they're ashamed of something, like they've been looking at pornography or somebody's been messaging them and they're feeling trapped um, with something, maybe with some sexting with their phone, um, if they're ashamed to tell you if you're going to scream and yell and throw a fit and be like, how dare you? They're not going to tell you and they're going to hide it. But if you are open and you're grace-filled, but um, there's a difference between being grace-filled and permissive and being grace-filled and um, strong. Um, 
you can be grace-filled and strong and not permissive. So that's what parents are there for. So that's what I want to encourage you with today is to create that environment in your home where um, your children are taught the difference between right and wrong, but also that you're not just throwing them to the lions, that you are protecting them and that you are with your spouse or by yourself if you're single, um, that you are seeking the Lord as it says in Ephesians and seeking to see what pleases the Lord and knowing that God is with you. You're not in this alone and we don't need to be overwhelmed, but you can be victorious and overcome in this, in Jesus' name. So we'll see you tomorrow for week nine, day five of Revealed in Ephesians. Mm -hmm.